Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and What the Hell is Flash Animation Anyway. Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Welcome to Plug-In Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where we watch the Flash Animation's webtoons and shorts that we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore. Of course, I mean the early 2000s. I'm Paul Reber, and with me is my co-host. John Ward. Excellent, John. Could you tell the listener at home what we're looking at today? Today we're talking about the fourth episode of Big Bunny, Easter. This episode aired in the year 2001, like all episodes of Big Bunny, so... <laughs> Spoiler so why do we keep saying it? For accuracy, it's important. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right, before we get into the episode summary, a quick correction from last week. The capital of Croatia is actually Zagreb, so sorry about that, everybody. All right, in this mm-hmm. episode, Big Bunny tells a story about a bluebird who died and rose from the dead three days later and now eats the flesh of the living. Big Bunny ends this episode by telling the friends to go eat plenty of candy and egg yolks. John, is is this the first time that Wikipedia's gotten this right? Uh, well, it's the first time that we've observed Wikipedia getting this right. I'm not. I, mm. I haven't gone back to check like the first and second episodes. I don't think we did this bit. <laughs> True. Um, but uh, but this is the first one out of the out of the more recent ones. All right. I guess the Russians are <laughs> slacking, or I don't remember yeah. exactly what or, theory or was. Or just maybe there was nothing to report that day. That could be that day yeah. back in 2001. Yeah, maybe maybe sooner. simply not messing up is also code. Whoa. All right, so this episode, John, is very funny. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very goofy. So we start off with the kids wearing Easter Bunny ears. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a thing? Like I never, I never did. I feel like you see babies with Easter Bunny ears and a little tail pom-pom kind of thing, yeah. maybe. But these kids look a little too old to be furrying it up. Yeah, I... I just always thought that bunny ears were like, you know, Playboy bunny sort of thing. Like I, I just think of like uh, puff puffs and dragon puff and dragon quest dragon puff, <laughs> uh, or like you know like horny stuff. I don't really think of Easter uh, like Easter bunny ears. Uh, like so so like don't get me wrong, these are children. Like I get it, but at the same time, I just thought that we didn't put Easter bunny ears on children. We put them on like bunny rabbits uh ironically cats ironically dogs unironically true uh and occasionally chickens wore them in commercials i believe uh did they really uh i think that's a cadbury bunny egg ad is chickens that disguise themselves oh, as bunny you're right because everybody oh, wait, no, wants no. to be the cadbury bunny yeah or is it yeah is it the other way around is it the bunny that makes chicken sounds I don't remember because bunnies don't. I mean, they make sounds, but you don't want to hear that on a commercial. <laughs> that's not. That's not going to. It's not going to sell sell shipments of uh, Cadbury eggs anywhere. The screaming bunny sounds. <laughs> Although to be fair, they really sell themselves. Oh yeah, no, they do. They're delicious, and I look forward to every year uh, Cadbury eggs. Uh, they're they're definitely a weakness of mine while I'm standing in a grocery store line or something like that. I know they're disgusting, but they are still delicious to me. Ugh. All right. So the the kids try to explain to this large bunny why eggs are involved and his theory it involved in <laughs> Easter, I mean. His theory is that it's not a bunny, but it's a tender chocolate chicken in disguise. What do you think, John? Plausible? Uh, I think uh, possibly. I mean, like, if the Easter Bunny does make chicken sounds, like, there is that whole, like, you know, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. Uh, but I guess it's also that it looks like a duck, but it looks like a bunny, Paul. I guess that's where the disguise comes in. 
I think that checks out. I do yeah. like how he goes right to tender chocolate chicken. Although tender chocolate, uh, I don't know. It could be a chocolate mm. chicken. It could be a tender chicken. Can you be a tender chocolate chicken? I was thinking about this, Paul. I d- I'm not entirely certain I even understand the word tender after this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Like uh, for me, tender is a very meaty word, right? Like it, or like meat like in some hmm. way, like right? Like perfectly cooked meat is usually tender. Uh, okay, it's like yeah. a like a softer falling off the. Mo- I think you can have tender other food, but I think it's still like rooted in like meat based food. You know, you can have like tender like tofu or tender, uh, you know, mushrooms or something like that. But it's because they're like softened through cooking, right? If your tofu is not tender, John, I think you're really fucking something up. <laughs> well, I think I think actually in tofu, it's like the opposite. It's like if you get tender right. tofu, it means that you've really worked hard to not make it like fall apart basically it's it's, it's like it's like not fried. soft but it's softer than meat is i guess is what i think tender is all right well now that we have fully explored the word tender and it's now meaningless for the rest of time <laughs> yeah uh, they they try to also find out the kids do where this cat is at now i think the cat's dead is the cat dead the cat is either dead or in that tupperware container and he just didn't want to have to like secretly open up the tupperware container from the first episode that he was holding Mm. the giant dog in then again if he's still fattening up the dog uh like depending on how big the dog's gotten like maybe this dog no longer has the will to like move but like putting (laughs) a dog in a cat in a tupperware container just seems like Unless he's just fattening up the dog with the cat, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe he is. Yeah, like a uh, dog catten, like a turducken. I don't think that if you feed it to it, I don't think it can be a, a dog catten scenario. You'd have to cook them both and then put the oh, you have to put right. the cat inside the dog and then. No, you caught me. It. You caught me, Paul. <laughs> My logic was horribly flawed. <laughs> <laughs> all right because i don't want to think about the mechanics of making yeah a i was about in. to say i was like i was about to bring up the mechanics of this and then i was like no i don't want to talk about that at all <laughs> well let's not no so he the bunny refers to this cat as a tender nibble which is is funny but what kind of makes me think some people can pull off a cute snack base like pet name for something like mm-hmm. if you, you if you're not a, a real creepy looking person you can probably say oh your baby's so cute i want to eat it up nom 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 or yeah you could call like a cat muffin or something but if you're a big creepy bunny it's weird no the dog's name was muffin paul well either way <laughs> uh yeah no i i agree like i i think it's difficult to like yell out uh, a cutie like like nibble would be a difficult <laughs> would be a difficult word to yell out especially mm-hmm. since when i heard it in the recording i did hear nipple so oh, like i feel like it's not ideal no especially since tender nipple not mm, uh but also n- like because he refers to it as tender so it's tender nibble um he likes the word tender a lot. Like he does, and it makes me uncomfortable now. That yeah, no, said tender it is times. not now. Now, strangely enough, it's like it's like one of those trigger words, like like moist or something that just elicits <laughs> something unpleasant in me uh, for some reason. Just because of the show, I don't think I had this before the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so nibble to me would be a difficult thing to yell out in in like a park. Uh, what other is? There, are there other names that are like snack based, like? a dog named bite would mm. not be good right like uh, no i mean fun size 
Fun size is a good name for a dog, uh, for a large dog. Yeah. Muffin's a good dog name. Chicharron. Chicharron. <laughs> good name for a dog. Yeah, that's that would be, uh, especially if he likes Chicharron. Who doesn't? Um, am I right? Uh, I've actually never had uh, any type of puffed pork skin. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're, you're just not, not living your best life, John. Apparently not. You're living your longest life. I... <laughs> not, you're not your best <laughs> life. Uh, see, that's one of the things is like, I'm sure they're delicious, but uh, at the same time, <laughs> there's, there's something you give up the moment that you give into that craving, you know, like, uh, and that is that you will not walk past the chip aisle thinking I could just buy a bag of puffed <laughs> pork skin. <laughs> well, speaking of giving into cravings, this bluebird. Yes. <laughs> now has a craving for human flesh. I think this is a very funny Easter story about it a bluebird who comes back three days later as a zombie and preys on the flesh of the living. Well, it's, uh, you know, you have to be specific, Paul. It's a blue bluebird. Uh, True. It, it died uh, of unknown causes. Uh, three days later, it was raised from the dead. Everything seemed fine at first, mm-hmm. uh, except instead of eating strawberries, which I did not know bluebirds particularly craved, but now he preys on the flesh of the living. And uh, he's a different shade of blue. <laughs> like a, a more evil shade of blue. Yeah, clearly. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And it shows him eating what looks like uh, a popped out little girl's eye. Uh, you see it at first, and I thought maybe it was like a piece of sushi or something. Uh, and then you zoom out a little bit, and it's just this little girl with an eye missing in like a bloody hole where, where it used to be. <laughs> And I think we're, after the Happy Tree Friends season, we're a little desensitized to this kind of cartoon violence, but this is kind of out of left field for Big Bunny. Yes, yeah, so this is not, this is not usual Big Bunny fare. Like, uh, there's certainly, like, stories of violence, but not, like, literal violence seen on screen. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that, uh, this boy's a, he's a, he's a round boy. This is, this is little bluebird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a very, very circular unit. Um... <laughs> Which is very good. Uh, I do I like the, the idea. I think the of, term like, is chonky. John, chonky, it's yes, an animal. He's a chonky boy. Uh, mm. Which is good because I feel like uh, it somehow makes him more intimidating. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. sort of like if like a beach volleyball uh, <laughs> had a beak and wings. Uh, which already beak and wings personally terrifying to me. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know, horses and birds, two very terrifying things. Uh, Beach volleyballs, uh, an intimidating sized object, I suppose. True, I, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you're combining those. Not 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 a good combination on my part. How about you, Paul? Are you terrified of this deathly blue volleyball? I don't think I am, because we have no proof that it's ever attacked an adult. Oh, it's only children. I think so. Okay, so it's like it can't fly that high, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. It can go right for my knees if it wants. But yeah, maybe it's, it's like a chicken. It can glide, sort of like fall Ooh, with style. Yeah, maybe. So, so maybe it has to get up to a tree and then fall down onto a child. Maybe. Maybe children should just stay away from trees. I think that's what all these, uh, you know, Amy Winfrey stories are telling us. It's really the the underlying theme for all of her work that we've seen. Just don't go into the woods, kid. Basically. Yeah. All right, John. The last thing I want to talk about is. <laughs> This is really good evidence that children have a different understanding of holidays than adults do. Yes. And I wanted to dig into that just a little bit. Okay. So Easter, of course, they, they think it's it's a bunny 
chicken time. Fine. Mm-hmm. Halloween. What do you think kids think Halloween is? I think that it's. Uh, I think that they think Halloween is candy time. Like it's when you get candy for going to just strangers give you candy. It's the day that everybody gets you candy. Right. Whereas adults know that it's the day when strangers give you candy. (laughs) And that's terrifying. This is true. Uh, I do have a very different perspective being an adult who hands out candy in that I try and make myself as not creepy of an adult as possible. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I'm not even a creepy adult. It's just that you're suddenly hyper aware of anything that could possibly make you creepy. Like, uh, you know, the weird lamp in the window or like just having lights on in certain parts of the house at different times of day or the way that the the door creaks open or something like that you're like uh do you grease your door every halloween no uh but i've definitely thought about it in fact like i've i usually sit out in the front porch specifically because i want to be as like transparent as possible um that's very funny yeah uh i mean it's also because it just makes it a lot easier and you don't have to like constantly get up and go to the door and open the door and all that sort of stuff i think that that's that's something that people have not figured out is like you know especially with like caroling and stuff like if if like caroling it's like a one-time transaction right carolers come by you open the door it's done but halloween is an investment like there's like uh, like what at at least even if you live in a small neighborhood at least like five times you'll have to get up and go to the door and open the door and go outside it's way easier if you're sitting out on the front porch you've got the bowl there you've got everything ready the kids aren't going to freak out because they know who you are and what you look like because they've got 20 feet at least of your, you know, uh, you know, the road or, you know, driveway or whatever it is that they got to get to you. They've got to see you. And then, you know, you can just be listening to some, I don't know, spooky time CD or something like that while you're doing it. John, I had no idea how much time you spend thinking about not scaring children. <laughs> well, I am a teacher, so it's kind of like a professional thing as well. <laughs> Try not yes, to be true. the incredibly intimidating adult that destroys a child's future because you just say the wrong thing at the wrong time. <laughs> I had other holiday jokes, but I think we should just end it there. Cause, <laughs> okay. Cause All right, John, what what moral do you think we can take away from this this episode? Um, uh, so my moral is, yeah, kids don't go to the woods, especially around anything in trees. Stay away from trees, kids. Okay, that's good. My moral is basically, if you can't see your dog, it's already dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like just like accept that your dog is dead the moment you no longer lock eyes with it. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, so every time you leave the house, just you're just like, you know what? Fundamentally, Rover's gone. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when you get home, you're pleasantly surprised, but you know, you weren't really expecting much. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Plug and Missing. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend and leave a review on iTunes. If you want to talk more about Flash Animation, Dead Dogs, or Kids Understanding of Holidays, please add us on the various social media platforms at Plug and Missing or email us at plugandmissingpod at gmail.com. You can also check out plugandmissing.com for pictures of missing dogs and information on upcoming episodes. As always, this episode was co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Rearberg, produced by John Ward, and edited by me. Come back next week when we're going to ask you... Would you like to update Flash? We're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash Animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes.